You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Brittany Grover. And I'm Jan Westmark, and you are listening to the special monthly Sidelines Magazine episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 2nd, episode 3112. Sidelines is the magazine for horse people, about horse people. Good morning, horse world. Thank you for tuning in this morning. The Sidelines Magazine episode comes to you the first Thursday of every month. This month's episode is brought to you by Halter Ego and Paso Robles Horse Park. On today's show, we're going to talk to dressage powerhouse couple Sarah and Lee Tubman and get to know more about Brook USA with CEO Emily Doolin. Paso Robles Horse Park director Amanda Diefenderfer is here to tell us about it. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm so excited to learn more about Paso Robles Horse Park. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like there and some of the unique things about it? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. So the Paso Robles Horse Park is located on the California Central Coast, um, which is a great location because we truly aren't Northern California. We're not Southern California. We're halfway in between. Um, So it creates a destination for competitors from all over the state and really the West Coast. Um, One of the beautiful things about it is we are also a vacation destination. So we have wineries, we have a wonderful downtown square, we have dining. So it's a, it's a very full experience when you come to show at the horse park and feels like a vacation getaway. That's awesome. And then the horse park has some very unique programs, right? Tell us about those. Yeah, absolutely. So we have set up our show t- to, into three different programs or series. So we have a schooling show series, a B show series, and our classic series. And each of those show series offers four shows at that level. Um, So the idea really is whether you are just getting into the sport or have a new young horse that doesn't have a lot of show experience, or you're at the top of the sport showing at the national level and, you know, competing in Grand Prix, we have something for you. Um, And I would say each of the show experiences is really unique to itself, but to be able to offer that stepping stone from the beginning all the way up to the top is important to us because, we've really seen a need for supporting the development of riders and horses and not just having, you know, the A shows up and down. The A shows are great and we love them, but for us, we want to give back and also be able to give back through the schooling shows and then a middle step. So it's not such a giant jump from schooling show to A show, which is our B shows. That's fantastic. I love that uh, support for the development and the future of the sport. Like you said, that's great. How can people find out more about, your shows and when do they start? Yeah. So, uh, our website is always a great source, pastorobleshorsepark.com. Um, I know all of us are also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can find us there just by looking up Paso Robles Horse Park. Um, our shows will get started in March with a B show, the Shamrockin' show. Um, then we'll kick off with a busy April sh- featuring a schooling show and then two weeks of A shows. And then go back to a schooling show and a B show again in May. Um, stall reservations are open for the spring shows. So uh, head to our website to get your stalls in. I know last year we sold out almost every single show we had. So definitely encouraging people to get those stall reservations in early. Um, so we can you know, hopefully accommodate as many people as possible. That is fantastic. And I'm sure the weather out there is fantastic in the spring as well. It, it is. And, you know, and that's really we very intentionally only hold shows in the spring and the fall because we want to highlight the best time to come to Paso Robles. Um, so, yeah, the weather's beautiful. It's a great time to show. We have a gorgeous grass field that people show on for the hunters. Um, so you get those really iconic spring photos packed with green and, you know, the trees in the hills. And it, it's a really fun place to show and beautiful. That is so exciting. Well, it sounds like a wonderful place to be as an exhibitor or just as a spectator and a tourist. So thank you so much for joining us and telling us about Paso Robles Horse Park. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. 
Our next guests are Sarah and Lee Tubman. Originally from Canada, Lee Tubman is an international Grand Prix dressage rider, coach, and judge. He's the only person in the world to have medaled, coached, and judged at the North American Young Rider Championships. He's brought both horses and clients along from training to Grand Prix and championships and has judged top competitions around the country and at the Pan American Games Trial all over North and South America. Sarah grew up as an inventor in Nevada before transitioning to dressage and eventually starting her own business in Southern California. In 2018, she became the lead rider for Summit Farm in Murrieta, California. Sarah and Summit Farm's first apple represented the U.S. in Lima, Peru at the 2019 Pan American Games and have an exciting and so far very successful competition scheduled this year. Lee and Sarah were married in December 2021. We know you all got married at the World Equestrian Center. Uh, did you guys take a honeymoon after that? Do you get to go on vacations or is it horses all the time? Um, we sure did go on a honeymoon. And uh, we went to Germany for two months with two horses to uh, train and horse show. Oh. And I'm a firm believer in, in having a good life balance. So that, that was mostly our honeymoon. So we made sure every morning we would go and work the two horses, which it's it's quite different for us to only have a couple horses to work. And then Lee was in charge of our uh, afternoon activities. So he made sure that we didn't just live at the barn in Europe like we do here in the States. So every every afternoon we did something exciting that had nothing to do with horses. That's so awesome. In fact, I remember now seeing your photos on Facebook where you posted different things about your, um, I guess that would be your honeymoon in the afternoons, in the evenings. <laughs> so tell us, what was your favorite thing? Uh, where we were located, um, I had actually lived there before um, a long time ago when uh -huh. I had traveled to Germany with a couple of horses. So we were in South we're in Germany, we are in Bavaria and uh, mm -hmm. right on a lake called Lake Chiemsee. And it's a big tourist district. And we're 30 minutes from Salzburg. So usually in the afternoon, we do something like go out on the lake on an electric boat, Sarah, I, and our, our Pomeranian, or um, we travel <laughs> and we went to Salzburg. We went to uh, underground salts mine, uh, salt mine for the afternoon. Um, and also uh, Koenigsee, which is a really nice lake trapped in amongst uh, some of the highest mountains in uh, the Bavarian Alps. And then, of course, wouldn't be southern Germany if you didn't go to uh, Neuschwanstein, um, the castle. That's right. That Disney modeled everything after. Yeah. So this was something that was really important for me to make sure that, you know, we did uh, life adventures in the afternoon. And we had a quaint little um, apartment in a 300-year-old uh, little cottage-type house um, in a tiny little town. So, you know, all of that together was a really, really great experience. And I would say uh, a bonding experience for uh, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> and which Pomeranian was that with you? What's his name? So the Pomeranian's name is, is Poop, um, and Poop actually originally Poop. came from, yeah, Poof, like P-O-O-F. He's got so much oh, hair. Poof, yeah, okay. Like Poof, yeah. So he, I actually found him at the same time that I found First Apple. Um, so, so Poof oh, has traveled funny. to Europe and back a few times with it now. Oh, that's funny. Well, um, was there anything that you liked the best, Sarah, on all the things you saw? Uh, you know, I mean, some of the the scenery was absolutely incredible. And, you know, we did, I know you saw the pictures and yeah. we tried to take as many pictures as possible, but it just doesn't take in the, it's right. just so beautiful. And, you know, Germany's done a great job at leaving some of these <clears throat> places completely untouched where they, you know, the one that Koenig see was probably one of the most amazing things to see because there's only a few electric boats allowed on the lake at all uh, um and so the water is clear natural. and it's very natural and so it's uh, you know it's amazing to see things one that are so natural and two that are so old right everything in the united states is only a, a couple hundred years, years old. old and our apartment is ba was basically older than the united states <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's uh yeah. that part is quite amazing and i think um it was very cool to be able to do uh, it's a bucket list of mine to be able to ride in europe and represent the united states uh but really fun to be able to do it with my you know new husband uh, um, and yeah. also see so many of the sites. 
Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, my husband and I were just in England and France over Christmas, and we did the same thing. We went into a museum where the books were all from the 15th century. And so yeah. it's so, yeah, it's so weird because you're like, wait, we only have like 200 and something years here. So, yeah, it's really yes. amazing. Well, yeah. Well, I'm so excited for you guys that you got married and tell us, and especially that you did that amazing honeymoon. Way to go, Lee, <laughs> on making her. Um, uh, Sarah, Thank come you. out of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, tell us what is the best thing about being married so far. Um, <laughs> I would say probably the best thing about being married is that um, I really never thought that I could find somebody that I could spend literally twenty four hours a day with. Um, the other yeah. day, we actually said something about that. You know, it's rare. I mean, obviously we obviously live together, but we also work together and share a business together and travel together. Uh, and I really like, sometimes he'll just go to the grocery store without me. And to be honest, I miss him. Like it's kind of like yeah. I'm a loser, <laughs> you know? So, no. so it's, really, it's really amazing to have found somebody like, uh, like they say, and it sounds so corny, but that you can't live without. Oh, I love that because you know what? My husband and I are the same way. In fact, right uh, now he's running up to the, um, because I'm doing this podcast with you, he's running yeah. up to the hardware store. And I was like, oh no, wait, wait, I can't go wait with you. <laughs> I know. So it's really, yeah. it's special to yeah. have found someone like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, Lee, what about you? What's the best thing about being married? Um, <clears throat> well, I'm going to say that uh, it took me a while to find the right person. And mm -hmm. Sarah, I identified rather quickly <laughs> as my right person. And it took a little convincing at the beginning. She did not come easy. I had to use a draw <laughs> range and a, you know, fast twist <laughs> snapple, but I made it happen. Um, but I, I'm getting to do everything that I always wanted to do with somebody. And uh, I'm sort of living my life dream uh, I wanted to have a nice stable. I wanted to have someone to spend time with. Uh, I wanted to uh, be able to ride with them. Uh, I wanted to, someone to be successful with me. And in our relationship, um, I remember sometimes reading or, or listening and someone would say, you know, that they each gave 50-50 and it's 100%, except that's not what we do. We each give 100% each. And uh, I'm a very, very hard worker and always have been and I've got very high standards. And she's like-minded. So we we are always on the same plane of thinking for the most part. So that, that makes things uh, very enjoyable and um, easy day-to-day. -day. There's nothing that's forced about us working or being together. It's just a very natural thing. And I envy anybody that's had this for multiple years. Uh, I agree. And you know what? It just makes me so happy for you guys. So I'm just I just want to tell you that I'm thrilled for y'all. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, you two are like the cutest couple. I'm so happy that we're doing this in February, <laughs> celebrating Valentine's Day. I think, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, <laughs> 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 yeah. So I, I loved from your story when it talked about uh, that, Lee, it was sometimes hard for you to know whether you should give advice as a judge, as a trainer, or as Sarah's boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, yeah. now that you guys are married, uh, Sarah, how has been being able to work with Lee every single day impacted your writing? Well, like we said at the beginning, I mean, it was, it was rough. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was rough at the beginning. And, you know, I was a little bit, we, I had always done my own thing and I'd worked with people that maybe the theory and the technique was slightly different. So slightly, I am slightly hard headed. So it took a minute to kind of see the light. <laughs> We're both Leo's. So <laughs> little uh both of us are quite stubborn uh, oh, no 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 only one of us <laughs> I'm pretty stubborn. Um, but uh now you know it's it's amazing and I think um everybody on the outside can see I would hope can see the change in my horses and my riding in the last two years um I my best way of describing it is going from just getting it done to doing it really doing it <laughs> so uh, -huh. uh just really learning the theory and the nuances and the details of it um and and 
being able to, you know, our goal is to produce Grand Prix horses, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. the little things that were missing are, you know, as little as they might have seemed two years ago, they were the big pieces that we were missing, missing to produce these horses. So mm-hmm. um, my riding's come a long way. My teachings come a long way. And, you know, as it is, we always are evolving. So Lee and I have it special because we work together and sometimes we, we literally sit down and talk as coach, rider, judge, and ask to just talk about like, well, what did it feel like? Well, what did it look like? And then how can we get to the end result? So I think it's special because we're both also always looking to improve. So I think it's a constant learning process for both of us on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. And we're only looking at getting better each day and making sure we're the best we can be for the horses. I love that. And how much you complement each other is just yeah. amazing. You guys each have different, you know, skills and talents and viewpoints that together you're even better. I love that so much. Lee, what are some of your tips or what have you learned about handling disagreements and not letting them affect your relationship? <laughs> well, uh, I think the first most important thing is what's the the viewpoint of the big picture. I mean, what's really most important. And what's most important is that we would have a uh, healthy, um, loving, rewarding relationship. So Mm -hmm. we were together in Germany for, I believe, 59 days (laughs) straight every day. And of the 59 days, we had one small argument, which I can't remember what it was. But our arguments tend to only last about 10 minutes. And the first time that we ever kind of had an argument, I was lunging her on a young horse, which I said that I had felt that the horse had worked enough that day. And they were doing landscaping around and the weed whackers were going and things like that. And uh, Sarah insisted that we should do more. And I insisted that we shouldn't do more. And I was holding the lunge line as she was going around. And then she dropped the ultimatum on me and said, well, it is my horse. And I thought, <laughs> well, it's also your lunge line and I don't have to hold it, you know? So I didn't, I didn't let it go, but we finished and I walked to my car and she took the horse to the stable and we didn't say anything. And I went home and I was, you know, kind of uh, a little upset about it. And then she came home and walked in the door and we're like, Wee! you know, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's all over. So we're we're very, very good at, not harboring anything and um, and seeing the bigger picture. And this was also a pivotal point for me life-wise because I was on um, a line in my judging, you know, going from three-star to four-star and moving things along. And uh, I was uh, single for quite a long time, um, but I wanted to be in a relationship. And uh, so I remember when I saw Sarah for the first time and I was kind of like, you know, curious a little bit, um, Anyway, at one point we had this discussion and she said, well, how will this work if you're a judge and I'm a rider? And she was you know, behind me and I was doing something and I said, oh, it probably won't be a problem at all. Right. And then my mind is like, oh, I don't know. That might be a problem. <laughs> so when it came to the point of, yeah, I know. Right. So when I came, it came to the point of, well, what do I do? And so the decision was easy because I could judge here at Global maybe five times a season, do Devon or a couple other shows, um, and be happy about that seven times a year. Or mm-hmm. I can be happy 365 days of the year. Aww. So Aww. it was an easy decision. And I've enjoyed very much my my uh, international judging, and I still do a little bit, of course, not in town. But it's just important to be happy every day. So that's that's kind of where we're at. And because of that, we don't really have, you know, big, big arguments or anything like that or disagreements. Oh, you're making Brittany and I cry because I can I, see yeah. I can see Brittany on the on the camera. <laughs> We're both going to cry. Um, I thought this was the sweetest. You guys are just so cute. But uh, Sarah, did you have anything to add about handling those disagreements or when you guys have differences in opinion? Well, I do have to say that I, uh, 
I am a, I can be a fighter. <laughs> I can be a fighter. I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong willed and I'm pretty opinionated. And I, I secretly like to argue might have, should have been a lawyer if I wasn't a horse but, trainer. But the evidence speaks volumes. <laughs> but, but no, oh, <laughs> Mr. I'm always right. But, um, but I think, you know, I have to say when I have not known when to let something go, um, I think Lee always, Lee is always the one, to be honest, Lee will always fold fold for me, you know? So I think for the most part, if, if there was a time that I was going to take it too far, he, he always won't let it go that far. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we're also, we're pretty easygoing people. And, you know, we're, I think to be honest, our life is so good that that's when you look at something and there's always stupid things, you know, you're always, if you argue, it's always about something that doesn't matter. So I think we're both just in our core character by ourselves i think we like he said see the bigger picture like does this really matter okay then let it go (laughs) so we are we do have that rule is that whatever happens at the barn um stays at the barn and then when we go home you don't talk about that and business is at the barn yeah that's awesome yeah so let's uh kind of just briefly what um what is your business kind of like just now that you guys are married? I know that Sarah, your business was originally in California. Kind of how, how does that work? And most importantly, I know everybody wants to know where do all the dogs go? <laughs> the dogs go everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, Summit Farm, who's my uh, main sponsor, owns First Apple and Belia. We they mm-hmm. still have their farm in California, and I think the best way to explain our situation is it's a fluid situation. So at the moment, it doesn't really make sense to ship the horses all the way back to California when we're showing in Florida so intensely for so many months of the year. And then right now with the horses we have going to Europe for the summers is their path and um, and what we kind of have to do for what our goals are. So again, to make it easier on horses, on the horses um, themselves, we are basing ourselves in Florida at the moment until further notice. And mm-hmm. uh, but like I said, Summit Farm is still located in California, and and that's where those people are from. So, but we now are at, um, we just recently had the opportunity to <clears throat> rent the Donato Farms, which is a brand new farm here in Wellington, where all those beautiful pictures in your magazine were taken. Yes. And it's a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful state-of-the-art, brand new facility um, that's really five-star. I mean, everything you could possibly ask or want or think of or even not think of, they did. Uh, so this is a great place for us to be. It's it's built for hurricanes. So even if we do need to stay here during the summer, it's a very safe place for us to base. Um, and now also because we are together, uh, Lee obviously not judging as much. So he is taking on more clients also. So I support him in the business and help him with the riding and that. But Lee is doing a lot more of uh, teaching. So we have a handful of really uh, awesome clients from young riders, juniors, U25, that all have high goals of competing internationally. And we also have a couple... Uh, young up-and-coming trainers that want mentorship that are working with us. Um, So that's kind of how our business is fashioned. And I mean, our clients will tell you, you, they're not in training with one or the other. Like we do this together. Sometimes somebody needs me on the ground. Someone needs, sometimes they need Lee. Sometimes Lee needs to sit on a horse. Sometimes I need to sit on a horse. So, um, you know, as much as Lee is supporting me in my international career endeavors, where that's my main focus is to make teams for the U.S., um, I'm supporting Lee in his um, business now that he is um, focusing more on that and less on the judging. Uh, I'm, I'm just so excited for you guys. So what are your plans? Um, I guess your goals right now. I mean, I know you, it's all international, but tell us like, uh, will you be in Wellington for now and then head to Europe in the summer? Yes. Yes. That's the goal. So I am currently, um, 
in the fourth slot, I believe, for the World Cup. Um, so I'm trying, I, there's a couple more qualifiers left. So I'm trying to qualify for Apple for one of the three slots for the U S for world cup. Um, and then my up and coming horse, Belia is, uh, going to start making her way towards doing the Pan Am qualifiers. And then, uh, we are obviously here in Wellington showing, uh, and then plan to go to Europe. Um, and then okay. what, uh, Lee, what do you want to add to that? Yeah, well, hopefully we can go back to uh, Europe for two months. That uh, was such a great experience last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, great exposure, um, great great learning environment with all the other uh, top quality riders. Um, so I think that that's that's kind of a focus for us, and that you know is a big preparation for uh, next year. So it'd be great to get back to Aachen or some show like that. Yeah, uh, which was a great experience when we won our ribbon there, our sixth place ribbon. Honestly, we were like kids at a county fair that went one prize because we got a ribbon. It was like, wow, that is awesome. So hopefully that all works out and we can make that happen again. Uh, I'm so excited for you guys. I keep saying that over and over again. Okay. Well, good luck um, at Wellington. Good luck in the summer. I hope you do get to go stay in Germany for two months. But before we go in the magazine, one of the pictures has you sitting with a whole bunch of dogs, I think four dogs. So we do have to talk about them really quick because people will ask. So are they rescued? Do they travel with you other than the Uh the one poof? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, they are not rescues. Poof, I actually found when I was horse shopping, um, and I found Apple. So Poof is from Holland, uh, and <laughs> he is four years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Poof is, to be honest, the most reliable of everyone <laughs> and <laughs> the easiest to travel with. He is obviously the only non-Jack Russell. So if that tells you anything, so Poof got to be special child and got to go um, with us to Europe. Um, so that's that's him. He's my dog. So we're we're a blended family. And then I have a, <laughs> a blended. And then I have a six-year-old Jack Russell um, that I got from Texas. I've always had like Jack Russells and everything growing up. So um, those are my two dogs. And then, so I had two, only two. And then Lee's two dogs. Yeah. My two dogs making up the balance of the Brady Bunch. Uh, mine are older. <laughs> my, mine have been uh, horse show dogs for a long time. They're 16 years old. And oh, one wow. came from California. Yeah. One came from California. Uh, and the other one came from Ottawa in Canada. So they have been with me pretty much everywhere. Uh, but they're getting a little older now. So they come to the barn and and uh, they're here with us every day. Um, and they go to local horse shows to Ocala and so on, uh, but not to travel overseas. So um, in the beginning, um, they had to establish kind of an order. And that's all done now. So one of my dogs Daisy and Poof hang out a lot, and then the other one, Daisy and Ralph, hang out together. So it's just kind of interesting to see how they've, Uh you know, kind of bonded together. Well, I love a horse show family that has lots of dogs. So you guys make me happy. Um, We want to thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Sarah, we are going to be looking for you standing on that podium. So thank uh, you. Thank you. So the best of luck to both of you. And uh, I hope to meet you guys in person sometime. I'm going to be in Ocala in March. So if you're, I'll, I'll send you the dates and find out if you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. It'd be great to meet you. Thank you guys again for featuring us in your magazine and on the cover. It's just beautiful. And the story turned out amazingly. And obviously this podcast is great. And if you ever need anything else for us, we are here. Brittany, I loved talking to Sarah and Lee. Oh my goodness. They just made me happy and they made me smile. And probably, probably because when Lee said that he waited a really long time to find Sarah, I waited a really long time to find Jerry, my husband, who I married 17 months ago. And Jerry and I are like Sarah and Lee, where we're together all the time. Like, if one of us goes somewhere without the other person, we're both like, wait, what happened? And while we were doing this podcast, like I told Sarah, he went to the... um, I don't know where he went to buy some fertilizer or something. And I, I would see him driving away out the window and I was like, wait, no, don't go without me. <laughs> Aww, you guys are so cute. I know. And so are Sarah and Lisa. They just made me so happy. My goodness. I know. I know. I love it. I love hearing about uh, people who find other people who compliment them and help them to be better. That's uh, my 
I've been married to my husband for six and a half years now. Um, and it feels like a lot longer to both of us. <laughs> we both agree on that just because we've been through a, not, a lot with, you know, the, the Navy and everything. But uh, that's one of our mottos is that we're better together. Aw, so, I love yeah, that. I love that. Um, how did you meet Jerry? Uh, we met in line dancing class. Um, <laughs> I think I might have told the story before, but when I came into line dancing, there was only one spot open and it was right next to him. Um, and so I went and stood next to him and, and, you know, we did the whole line dancing hour or two hours, two hours. And then the next week I came in, that same spot was open. And then once you stand in a spot, it's like your spot and you have to stand there all the time. Um, <laughs> that, that's how I met him. And thank you for line dancing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Has Jerry ever met a horse? He has, but not many. But this past, um, I guess last year before the Land Rover three-day event in um, Kentucky, we went there and we went to a horse farm and we met some babies. You remember when Bliss Hears was on her our cover? She has holding all the carrots. She's a grand yeah. fighter. And she has her stallion. Um, anyway, on at that farm antidote antidote is her stallion and at that farm they had some antidote babies and so the lady was like all happy to show us these foals so we walk out into this field and well you know the thing about foals if foals will just run up and jump on you it's not like it's not like regular horses who come and stand next to you so this foal comes up and is just standing next to jerry and i'm like jerry you have to be careful because that thing will just rear up on you and he's like no and he's petting it and he said the, the foal started getting like you know, more and more excited, like, okay, now I'm going to jump on you. And the, even the lady was like, tell that fool to get down. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. And then other than that, he's only, um, uh, you know, seen, you know, the horses at Land Rover. But so. I will tell you, that was eventing, and I had explained the whole thing to him, like what it's like to, you know, do the, the, the they do the cross country and the dressage and the show jumping. So we're standing out on the cross country, and the first horse goes by, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's one of our guys who was a hot horseman in the, in it, like two years ago. And the guy comes around the corner, hits a jump, the horse stumbles, and he flies off, and he's okay. He gets up, and Jerry turns around and looks at me and said, you never told me that people fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing in eventing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's scary. Well, it's scary. Yeah. So he was like, he was uh, like, okay, this is. I don't know if I signed up for this part to watch oh people man. get hurt. Yeah, that's funny. My husband is kind of the opposite. He, I took him, or he took me, depending on who you ask. To the <laughs> when when we were living in Connecticut, uh, when he was doing his Navy training, we went to the American Gold Cup, and or sidelines, right? Uh, yes, yes, yep. it, was, it was a blast. And or at least I thought it was a blast. He was really, really bored because the horses make it look so easy. Yeah. You know, like this is his first experience really seeing anything like that. And he just they all made it look too easy until somebody would would crash or yeah. fall off. And then it was exciting, you know, but, <laughs> Gosh, which is but, opposite to us. It's not exciting when they fall. off. We don't want anyone falling. No, we don't want people falling off. No. So we I remember we were, I think we were barely engaged and I was still riding in Utah at just a little um, amazing uh, barn and we had a schooling show and my, the horse that I normally rode um, had come up lame and so I borrowed somebody else's 17 hand off the track thoroughbred. No way. And I was riding this horse, you know, in the warm up arena and he, my husband had to leave to go to work. Well, he's my fiance then. And... I like leaned down for him to give me a kiss. And he was just like, he backed up. He's like, no, nope, bye. He's waving. He, 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 he was so scared of that huge horse. And my husband is six foot three. He's not like a yeah. tiny guy, but you know, 17 hand horse is a 17 hand horse. And, yeah. and uh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even kiss me goodbye when he was, he was leaving. And, but then he, he really warmed up to horses when we were in the Navy uh, down the road from our house, there was an eventing barn. And they had this one horse, uh, his name was Duke, and he didn't like me or many other people, but for some reason, he just really liked my husband. And we would walk down, and it was really, it was a really hard time for all of us, and, um, but we, so, you know, things would get tense at home. We had this little baby, and we'd strap her on in you know a little baby carrier, and we'd go for a walk. We lived out in the forest. It was really beautiful. You come across this pasture of 
horses and Duke would run up to my husband and, you know, my husband just love all over him. And, and it got to the point where, where Duke would follow him. Speaking of, that was him, but, um, Duke would follow him along the fence line every time we uh-huh. walked. And, and if once we went past the edge of the field, uh, uh Duke would, would, Winnie and get and get frantic and and watch all the way up and then watch what like they just had this really cute that's crazy cute bond oh yeah so someday his now his goal my husband is he would love to have a horse like duke so it's uh it's nice that we have we both have the same goal now of having horses in our lives and and you can just name it duke and everybody will be happy yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're also going to interview emily doolin from brook usa on here today and i love donkeys and she loves donkeys i just love them there i oh i should have looked it up there is this one donkey on instagram where every morning the lady walks out and she says hello and she calls the donkey's name and he comes running up and then he stops and he he haws and he does it for like a really long time like a minute straight and every day it makes me laugh wow yeah that's fantastic send it to you well that is so exciting uh we're going to talk to Emily, like Jan said, first, we're going to hear from uh, Wendy Latham. She is the founder of our sponsor, Halter Ego, and she is here to tell us about her brand. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us. What is the story behind Halter Ego? Founded Halter Ego in 2016, and the original idea was actually to have a platform that promoted other emerging brands, primarily from outside of the USA that were unknown. And... Quickly, I found that there just wasn't enough difference. Like I wanted, if I was going to spend this much money, I wanted designs that were different, more unique. I felt there was an opportunity to really create um, products for both horse and rider that were different, whether that was in terms of design or whether it was in terms of function. And the name itself, I think, was is really kind of the essence behind everything we do. I believe that we all have alter egos, who we are at work, who we are at home, who we are with our friends, who we are in the saddle. And I wanted clothing and tack that made me feel that I was ready for whatever ride I was about to have. And I understand there are some exciting things happening with the with the brand and the company right now. Can you tell us about that? We didn't realize actually just how much people loved our brand until we went to um, ATA recently in Dallas. And it was actually kind of overwhelming. I felt like the bell at the ball and like I had just kind of graduated from ugly duckling to getting looks at least and the (laughs) feedback was amazing we signed up quite a few retailers we are expanding into retail um for the last six seven years we've really been primarily online um and haven't had a storefront so we're um we're expanding into uh retail across the U.S even into Europe, maybe Australia. So it's a really exciting time for us. We're also um, innovating and experimenting with fabrics. We just had um, our first small line of recycled um, tops come out um, made with reprieve fabric, which is 100% recycled plastic water bottles. Mm -hmm. And we have a line of breeches coming out that we are so excited about because we feel like we have actually finally solved that elusive fit. Those will be coming out in the next couple of weeks called The Evolution. Awesome. Well, that is so exciting. And I know we just interviewed uh, Sarah Tubman, uh, who used to be Sarah Lockman. And I understand that you have some breeches named after her. Can you tell us about yes. uh, your relationship with Sarah and those breeches? Totally. We've sponsored Sarah, I want to say for, I think this is our fourth year. And she's been such an inspiration for us. I mean, just watching her develop and grow and overcome obstacles and get to the point where she is now. I just look to her as somebody that's super inspiring. And a couple of years ago, she said, you know, could you come out with a a denim breech? And we're like, yeah, sure. No problem. That's actually not as easy as you would think because (laughs) getting denim right, you know, you don't want it to be too thick or not stretchy enough. You don't want it to be too thin because that shows every imperfection that we might have. (laughs) So we actually spent the last 18 months or so trying to find the perfect denim fabric that would work really well as a breech. And we finally just uh, launched it a couple of weeks ago and it's called a Sarah. Um, Available full seat only at the moment, but we will be coming out with a knee patch version as well. And so far, so good. Sarah loves them. She, um, even in the Florida climate, she says that they're 
amazing. All her clients love them. So we're really, really happy with those. So people can find Halter Ego online and coming soon to retailers, sounds like. Very, very soon. In fact, I think we're already in um, Florida um, at the Horse, of course, um, and um, five or six new uh, states coming online in the next couple of weeks. Perfect. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Thanks, Brittany. Up next is Emily Doolin, the CEO of Brook USA Foundation, a growing organization dedicated to improving the welfare of working horses, donkeys, and mules, and helping the people that depend on them for survival worldwide. Emily is an animal lover who also served for six years as the executive director for the Humane Society of Greater Miami. She was born in the United Kingdom, but moved to South America when she was four years old, and since joining Brook USA has traveled to see the funded work in action all around the world. Emily, you got involved with Brook USA because you wanted your son to see you doing good for others, which is the environment that you grew up in. Why do you think it's so important to find ways to give back and what positive impact have you felt in your own life? Um, honestly, I think that giving back is really empowering um, as it gives us um, the opportunity to make a difference in the life of another. In addition, it makes me feel really good. And I have mm-hmm. met some extraordinary people who have influenced the way I see the world, always for the better. I think that I'm actually a better person because I get a chance to help others. But more importantly, you get a chance to learn so much from others. And I really think that that's the positive impact. I read a quote by Winston Churchill. He said something to the effect that um, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is so much to be gained from our philanthropic efforts. I believe that that's what... I also believe that what goes around comes around, you know, some people call it Mm -hmm. the boomerang effect or cosmic karma, but I think the more good you do, the more good good happens to you. So I'm just very, very lucky that I work for such an amazing organization as Brook USA. Well, Emily, you know that I'm a big fan of Brook USA. So what do you want people to know about Brook USA? There is so much to be able to tell somebody. There's, there's part, part of it is heritage, right? So Brook USA mm-hmm. is the sister organization to the Brook. And the Brook was established in 1934 by an extraordinary woman called Dorothy Brook. And when we think about it, we've been around for more than 80 years. And in mm-hmm. my mind, also founded by a woman in the 1930s where we barely had the right to vote. And this woman set up an organization that in today's world has over a thousand employees across the globe. So to me, that's, that's key. I, I think that the other thing that I would like people to know is when you, when you look at organizations that focus on animal welfare, that's one type of organization. And then you look at organizations that focus on social service and that's services. And that's another type of organization. When you look at Brook USA, I think that we are at the, at the crossroads between social services and animal welfare. And I don't Mm -hmm. know many organizations that really focus on both because what we know is that healthy animals make for prosperous people in the developing world. When Mm -hmm. somebody has an animal that is well-tuned, that um, is hoofs clipped, that is in good condition, that is well-fed, that has a nutrition, you know, a balanced diet, that animal is going to perform so much better. And then we also add, how can we teach them to really love and care for them and for that animal to be a part of their family? That animal is more productive for that family and that family will simply do better. Um, And just so everybody knows, we have a great story on Emily in the Brook USA in the February issue of Sideline. So you have to make sure to check that out. And I know in your story, Emily, you talked about needing Brook ambassadors in the Western disciplines. So tell us what a Brook ambassador does and how can somebody become one? Sure. So a Brook ambassador is really an advocate for our work. So we actually take a lot of time to train them and are able to involve them and include them in the things we do. And I'll give you an example. We're doing an event right now. It's called the Vertimentos and Dressage, which, by the way, I'm going to just pitch it real quick. It is March 23rd in Wellington, Florida at uh, Vince Ramos. But what's amazing about it, it's that Grand Prix and Olympic riders will perform to the live Palm Beach orchestra, symphonic orchestra. Our ambassador, JJ Tate, has actually, this is her fourth time, fourth time doing it. She's done it three times. 
in the Tryon area, and now is going to be doing it here. So she serves as kind of, that's one of the things that she does for us. Um, Tick Maynard, who, as you all know, is an inventor, he actually mm-hmm. just had a clinic, and all the um, proceeds from his clinic he donated to Brook USA. So I think oh, the important wow. thing about being an ambassador is, A, serve as an advocate, include us in your daily, daily life. You know, there's different ways to do it. Ali Brock, I consider her my my personal advisor when I need it anything. Uh, we're doing a polo event coming up soon and Hope Ariano is actually our, one on our committee. So they get involved to the level and extent that they want and in ways that they want to do it. Hannah Salek, for instance, has held several fundraisers for us. So we work hand in hand with our ambassadors to help them deliver our message. Um, so why do we need Western ambassadors? I don't know if you know this, but Brook USA has always focused. And I think it's just a matter of it happened by accident. We really focus mm-hmm. on the British disciplines. But focusing on the, dis- on the British disciplines and living in the United States is simply not enough. You know, there's a whole world out there of Western disciplines that we want to conquer and get to know and, and have people support us and learn about what we do. And we have learned that the ambassadors are the first entry point to helping us do that because they will go and talk to media. They'll, go on a, they'll get on an interview like this. So they are our entry point, And that's why we're desperate to find a Western ambassador. Okay, well, if anybody's out there listening and you're in the Western disciplines, then you know to get in touch with Brook USA if you're interested in being an ambassador. You just did the photo shoot for us for Sidelines and you had a bunch of donkeys and um, there were some horses there. Did anything funny happen when you were doing that photo shoot? Well, I actually, I want to say this really quickly. I actually okay. am a total donkey lover. My husband okay. has given me, do- he's given me donkey jewelry. So I have okay. a whole jacket that is full with donkey pins. I have donkey earrings. I have donkey necklaces. I'm a donkey girl. So you must, I mean, I have to admit that that photo shoot was like a dream come true for me. Oh, I love every single moment of the photo shoot. And one thing I want to say also is that the family where the sh- photo shoot took place, they rescued all those donkeys. Oh. And they had foul, they had they had donkey foals, they had three of them running around. And they were each one was funnier than the other. You know, we were trying <laughs> to put on these these Brook USA covers. I don't know if you saw them in the magazine. We're trying to yes, put these yeah. covers on them. And they were just bucking. They just didn't like them. They were trying to get them off. And it was just the funniest thing to watch them. And then I was supposed to feed some, give them some treats. Well, mm-hmm. as you know, put treats out and they basically oh, yeah. ran me down. <laughs> they, they, they had they were so funny. Um, but it was, it was so, it was, they were so adorable and, and kudos, kudos to the family. I can't remember their name right now, but they, they rescue donkeys. And I think that that's such a special thing to do. Yeah. It's a Brooke and Cody Holcomb of Waiko Ranch in Fort Pierce, Florida. And we want to thank you for letting um, us do our photo shoot there and yeah, for rescuing your little donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. They were extraordinary. That's awesome. I love how much you love uh, donkeys, Emily. That's so cool. And I know from your article that you are an animal lover. You've got a bunch of pets and uh, um, you also grew up in Venezuela. How were animals a part of your life growing up? Did you see donkeys ever growing up? I probably did. I honestly don't remember because I lived, you know, in the city. But what's funny is, you know, my mother, my mother was British and we all know that Brits are crazy animal lovers. So I grew up <laughs> in a household filled with dogs, cats, birds, hamsters, and anything my mom could rescue or find. Turtles, chickens, lizards, anything. And that's kind of replicated in my household. Right now, um, I don't have a dog because our our beloved Bodhi passed away. But I have a granddaughter, Kitty. She belongs to my my son. Her name is Moxie. But we have dart frogs. We have axolotls. We have birds. I mean, we followed that tradition. We, We absolutely adore animals and just to put it in perspective it's like we had these neighbors a long time ago when my parents were alive and they were our neighbors uh used to call my mother and my father that they don't they, they, hold on the poodle man and the poodle woman because <laughs> the poodle lady and the poodle man because they they walked around the neighborhood with four miniature poodles everywhere uh, so they've uh-huh. been a part of my life um Donkeys have not but I just think they're the cutest things and I think they get a bad rap in general you know Mm. Oh, I love them so much. If you go, my favorite thing to do is go on Instagram and find the donkey foot, the donkey things where they're hee hawing. Oh my gosh. It makes me laugh so hard. You know, we have this, this painting It's called, um, 
I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. But anyway, next time I see you, I'm going to give it to you. And a movie just came out, which we just watched. I think it won tons uh-huh. of awards at Cannes. It's called EO, and it's a Polish movie. Um, you have to rent it directly from the studios, but they show it in very um, trendy, you know, those fancy movie theaters. Like when I was in college, yeah. they used to show French movies. That yeah. type is called EO. I highly recommend it. It's the story of a donkey that comes from a circus and his life. It relates very much to the work that Brook USA does, but it's oh. also the, the cinematography is extraordinary. So it's called oh. EO. EO. I'll have to look for that. Um, awesome. I know you've got to travel uh, to different places in the world to see things that that Brook USA is doing. Can you tell us a bit about getting to travel and see those projects in action? You know, I one of the things that Brook USA does is we fund the work of Brook and we fund the work of other organizations that have a similar mission. So when I can go out and see the work firsthand, I can tell you that I'm in awe. Um, I traveled mm-hmm. to India and that was, that was an eye-opening experience because A, mm-hmm. All your senses are heightened in India. Your the sense of smell is stronger. Your your the colors are brighter. Um, the sense of touch is more extreme. It's a completely different country. Something that none of us have imagined. But the work that we're doing in those particular countries, in terms of educating communities on how to better treat and care for their donkeys, is extra. I mean, for their equines, mm-hmm. is extraordinary. Now. Uh, one of the things that I remember the most is when you walk into a community, you're mo- mostly greeted by the men that, that live there. And then they they kind of go off to work and they do their own thing. They see a whole bunch of women come in and they really have no interest, right? And then <laughs> what happens is that you get to stay behind with these women who normally are in the back and they're covered. They do cover their face with a sari. As soon as the men leave, they take it off and you can sit down with a translator and talk to them. And one of the things that has always blown me away is the fact that these women are so smart and some of them can even read or write, but they have developed ways to kind of track the health of their donkey, track the health of their horse, make sure that they have water. And they're just generous and kind. And one thing is they're so, so willing to learn. Um, I yeah. think I mentioned that I, I had worked in a humane society, right? So when mm-hmm. you work in a humane society in this country, you know, you get to see animal abuse at its worst. And what I've always struggled with, we're talking about animal abuse in this country, which we are a developed nation. It shouldn't be happening here. But when you go to those countries, there is so much of animal abuse that is rooted in their culture. For instance, mm. they put they put battery acid on a wound because they were taught mm-hmm. to do that by their parents. So you've got to change mm. that. But the abuse is not intentional. Mm. It's more cultural and they're willing to learn and do it better. So I think that I feel safer within the Brook USA walls. Well, I am so thankful that you're sharing this about Brook USA. And I'm just hopeful that somebody listening will want to um, either donate to Brook USA or become an ambassador, especially if you know somebody in the Western world. Um, I guess there's raining and uh, Western pleasure. Barrel there's all kinds of different barrel racing. Yep. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, so hopefully somebody will listen and want to be part of Brook USA because I can't talk about how amazing this program is and and what it does for for all the people in developing countries and especially their donkeys and horses. Let's share our website with them. It's okay. So www. org. Okay. BrookUSA.org. So everybody, please go check that out. And Emily, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We just love you so much. And I love you. And thank you, Sidelines, for being such an extraordinary supporter of Brook USA. Sidelines can be found at sidelinesmagazine.com, where you can subscribe to the Sidelines Scoop and get every new issue in your email for free. Find the links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. Thanks to our sponsors, Halter Ego and Paso Robles Horse Park. We'll see you on the sidelines. 